Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside episode one, the first time ever. Josh Shaw, Ryan Buckeye, two guys, one Shaker Cup. That's right, two guys, one Shaker Cup. We're not kidding. That is legit the name of our new podcast. And for those of you who don't know who we are, well, welcome. Josh Shaw, owner of J. Shaw Consulting, literally one of the smartest and wisest minds in the CPG industry. I'm not just going to pigeonhole you in sports nutrition, my man, because you work with big accounts from Whole Foods to other CPGs. So you need to pat yourself on the back and take credit for being, as people on the interwebs say, a genius. Do you believe you're a genius? <laughs> no, I think people... I think people uh, maybe think a little bit too highly of me. I would say I'm just a normal guy that's intensely curious about a lot of subjects. Can you shotgun a beer? I could. Sh- yeah. No. I. So then you, if you guys saw. Guy. If you guys met me in college or before college, you guys would have seen a different side of me. I and think. if you're watching on YouTube or watching this video on social, and you look at Josh, it's true. He just graduated from college probably six months ago. That's how young this guy is. He looks. Yeah. That's- <laughs> Uh, myself, I am a CEO of Fitness Informant. I run a fitness-based platform in which I try to educate the end consumer. But here's the premise. Josh and I, we speak literally all the time because we're in the same space. We're in the same realm. We have a lot of similarities in our thoughts. We have a lot of similarities in our backgrounds. And case in point, we both have advanced education. We have master's degrees within business. So we, we get along great. But at the same time, Josh, you and I both can agree to disagree on topics and take differing differing stance and opinion and have differing opinions on things which we thought like this is an opportunity for us to get together literally shoot the shit as two dudes two guys one shaker cup yeah and actually probably put some content out there in which is going to be thought-provoking it's going to be educational it's going to be therapeutic for you and i just to like let it go let it go because we get pretty uh we get pretty hot and heated about things at some time so here's an opportunity (laughs) for us to do our thing so i'm excited about this man i'm stoked yeah, no, I think I'm extremely excited about this. I think it's one of those things where we talk so much and it's when we get off of a call, we're always like, man, yeah. people would have just heard that conversation. They would have either laughed their ass off or they would have been, you know, got some insight that normally we don't put out to our followings because I think we're both real authentic people to our followings. I think that's what makes us great. But I think that we're very focused. I think that we have a goal in mind with the, what we're trying to accomplish with our own personal businesses or our own personal channels. And the conversations we have are usually more geared around just us just being two guys that would, if we lived in the same city, we'd be hanging out, yeah. you know, on the, on the daily night, working out, work, you know, hanging out on the weekends. But, uh, but we don't unfortunately live in the same until you get out of the tundra. So yeah. yeah, my God, <laughs> if you can convince my wife to get me the hell out of here, I am all on board with that. Uh, and Austin is, whew, Austin is a beautiful place, a beautiful, beautiful place. Listen, dude, you, okay. So you and I both, I mentioned it. We went and got an MBA. The reason we got an MBA is obviously a couple of reasons. Like we wanted to be successful in life. We wanted to take the education from our institutions and apply it into real life. Whether we be an executive for a firm or in our case, we literally own and operate our own business that supports our entire income. Like this is, this is how we make a living. So we're living the dream. We're able to do what we want to do. And the MBA, I think, definitely plays a part into that. But I want to challenge people, and and I want to have this conversation with you, is I also feel that being physically fit, having a strict regimen when it comes to nutrition, also impacts our ability to be successful as a human being or as business owners. And I want to say, I've read numerous reports on this, and I've, I've, I've talked about this before, Josh, because the stats are there. Like, they've done 
stats on people who actually personally write down whether or not they feel that they, they themselves are physically attractive. And then what they do is they track their earning potential over time, and the stats show that those who claim that they feel themselves are physically attractive actually earn upwards of 5% or more than those who are unattractive. Actually, studies have shown that the unattractive could earn as, le- as like less than 9% as others. Case in point, like I'm not going to say this is case in point, but if you look at the, the vast majority of chief executive officers in Fortune 500 companies, I would say, and this is without looking them up, but I would say that majority of them are probably physically fit, probably follow a good diet because it can relate and pertain to so many other aspects of their life. Tell me I'm wrong. You know, I, I think because I think I work outside of general, you know, sports, like more of like the functional CPG categories of like what we what we do on our day to day. A lot of times, like I, I've worked in you know, the major big three beverage uh, portfolios. I've worked in Salty Snacks, worked in, you know, and you've you even had a, a, at General Mills. It's right. kind of like when you're in those offices, you definitely don't feel like you are um, like everybody else, mm-hmm. especially if you are, you know, bringing in your own meal or maybe you even bring in your shaker cup or you bring in, you know, God forbid you bring in a, you know, gallon of water or something. Ooh. You do like, you'd be, you look like an alien. So, yeah. you know, I think it's, what we do day in and day out, I think it's definitely prominent that people that are in shape, they're usually, you know, they live the lifestyle, they're, they're part of that. But then you look at other industries, um, you know, one famous one, I watched a documentary recently, or maybe last couple of years, I watched a documentary on, you know, one of the, for the longest time, one of the richest people in the world, it's still, I think, maybe number two to, to Jeff Bezos, but uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah. I mean, he, pinnacle in terms of, you know, earnings, um, you know, successful businessman on so many different kind of areas you can think about, even if you just don't think just money. Um, you know, I think he's 88 years old now, too. So, I mean, he's lived a long life. He's still very active. He's constantly out there traveling. Doing, so it's not like he's sitting in Omaha, Nebraska, in his house with his wife and just relaxing. So he's sure. still out there being active. But he's notorious for, like, I don't think he works out or used to work out during, you know, his life. But even his diet today, he's like, he's big on like diet Cokes or, or cherry Coke. Like, I think he drinks like at least a two liter a day, which is, does he have especially if it's cherry Coke? Coke, just like non diet Coke. If you think it's just cherry Coke, that's, it's a lot of sugar yeah. in itself. One of the funniest things he does is like, uh, he eats breakfast after the market opens, like the stock market opens. And depending on if the stock market is up or down determines what he eats for breakfast. So he always goes to McDonald's. But, for breakfast every day. Yeah, every day, every day. Goes to the drive-through at McDonald's, and he either gets, I think, like if the stock market's up, he gets something like a, a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, and if it's down, he gets like two sausage patties. Which I've never ordered two sausage patties, so that's kind of weird to me. But I mean, it's Warren Buffett, so if it works for him, maybe we should be trying that. Uh, but he's also kind of like into fast food, which is. It's more common than you think. I mean, I started to to look into this recently of some of the CEOs' diets just because I was kind of curious about it. I've also played around with the idea of maybe doing some like different uh, trials on myself just to kind of see how things go, like maybe like a 30-day or a week or something, like try something different just to see how I react. But he's notorious for eating like um, ice cream for, for lunch, like a Dairy Queen, he eats like hot dogs, he eats, uh, he eats like chicken parm for dinner. He's like, that's his diet. And, and this is like day to day, every single day. And, and in, 
the more I looked at it, the more I realized there was a lot of these like super high earning, I'm talking like Fortune 25, like the highest, you know, billionaire type people, their eating habits are terrible, which mm. starts to make you think a little bit like we live a pretty strict fitness, health, lifestyle. I mean, you more than me, but over the average person, we both are exceptionally more fit and yeah, for sure. you know, healthy to them in terms of how we eat. But we maybe have been like, it's a surroundings thing. Like a, we've, we're around it so much that we feel like that's the way to be successful where maybe there's another way to, to, to think about it. I don't know. I mean, I, like, I don't know if I want to completely change the way that I do things, but as one example, like 2017, I had my best like earning year by far. It was just, you know, and this is, I think it's important probably for us to know, like, is money equal success? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? That's a, I think in most people's eyes, it's probably yes. Uh, but I mean, to your point, what is success and how do we define it? Is it mental stability, mental health? Is it happiness? Is it home, home work, or like work-life balance, right? Because if you yeah. just mentioned you uh, made the most you've ever made, I don't know if you are working 3x what you work now, but if you are, then your home life balance is, is shot to shit. Yeah, I mean, that was what it was, you know, seven days a week, you know, 14, 16-hour days. It was like wake up, work until you're tired, and the only time you take a break is, you know, to go to the restroom or um, to grab something to eat. I would eat maybe twice a day. I would eat like two big meals, and the meals were like, I'm talking like In-N-Out, Chipotle, Taco Bell. People are like, salivating right now at the mouth. I, I know. They this is why, you know, like you know, frozen pizzas that I'd get like a DiGiorno or like some ice cream or what. Like that was literally all I ate. But like health wise, I struggled. I, like, I, I was able to perform and perform in long hours for a lot of period of time. And I, I don't know if that's just the refined sugars or, you know, my love for energy drinks and pre-workouts or whatever it was. You know, I was still obviously consuming a ton of that. But it's if we're equating success to purely earning potential or earning power, I, I by far had my best earnings th that. Now, I learned that that was not healthy. And then the first probably three months of 2018, I completely changed things and was able to live a better lifestyle and still make, you know, just as much, a little bit less or whatever. But it was my choice to do that. Right. I think you know, it, but I felt better. I felt more successful in 2018 in terms of my definition of success as a business person, because I was able to balance things. Like, as you said, was able to, you know, get back into the gym. I was able to eat healthier and, and just, just live a better lifestyle. But I think it's important for people to realize maybe like, like cheerily just earning potential. I don't know if it has anything to do with, with diet and nutrition. I don't like, I don't know. It also sounds like what you're talking about too, Josh. When you made the most money you've ever made doing your thing for yourself, it almost sounds like you were working quite a bit more than you are now. So I would want to challenge the conversation and say, okay, if you look at your earnings throughout that time, divided by the amount of hours you worked versus what you have now, are you actually making more per hour now living a more fit, healthy life than you were then because you were working 2, 3x in terms of hours? I don't know. I mean, that would be a question. Is it Was it a... Was the earnings an extension of the time that you put in? 
or I mean, we can't. I, I, I don't know if we can correlate it to a diet. Like, I'm not saying like you. you we can't yeah. sit here and say I earned three X because I ate Taco Bell. Like, that's not going to happen, right? But yeah. unless Taco Bell wants to sponsor me, I yeah, love Taco, Taco Bell. Bell still. So if you if you want to hit me up, I would love to to get some free uh, cheesy gordita crunches or something. Yeah, you know they still made it. But I mean, I think overall, like you were super, <laughs> you were super successful. So I, I I don't think we can sit here and say definitively if you are not in shape, you can't be successful. Like that's that would be an arrogant statement to make, and it would be incorrect. Yeah. But I think overall, if you look at like the sea of successful people, and this is a this is completely my opinion. I don't have stats or facts on this. My personal opinion is those who are physically fit, there are a couple things that happens with that. One, when you walk into the room, you demand the attention of everybody around you because of your physical appearance. People are attracted to those who are attractive. Number two, you yourself exude confidence. Like you become so much more confident as an individual, and those who are more confident walking into a work environment tend to be more successful because they tend to take more risks. They tend to like do better at their jobs. I mean, so like back to the study that I mentioned earlier, those who were physically fit earned more money. That's twofold, right? If you're the HR director, I walk into a room, you're probably more attracted to me right off the get go because of the way I look and the resume, albeit it's important, you're still fascinated by my physical appearance. And you as an HR rep or as a hiring manager might say, Look, this person is physically fit. Obviously, they're hardworking. They're committed. They know how to get things done. So that's something that doesn't necessarily show up on a resume. So they already have that predeposition about you. And then you look at your – obviously, you have to have a resume that can back up your work ethic. But you look at somebody like The Rock, right? I mean, he – The Rock is not Seth Curry, who is an all-star basketball player. But The Rock has made more money for Under Armour than almost, I think any athlete in, in that that company yeah. has signed. I think – I don't know the, the numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's outsold Seth Curry. And he is he's he's not necessarily an athlete anymore, but he he's just his physical dominance and what he posts on Instagram. He he posts to the world his workouts and his diets. And one of his pictures if his cheat meals gets like more likes than anything any NBA basketball player can post. And it's because I think people are attracted to not only his physical appearance, but to his work ethic and to his, you know, hardest worker in the room mantra that he goes by. And he is so successful and he works, I think, probably just as many hours as maybe you did when you were, you know, making all that money too. But he is like the epitome of like being physically fit, following a, a strict diet, has ultimately led to his success. And and he'll argue that it's probably not that, but it's his, his work ethic. But part of his work ethic is the fact that he still clangs and bangs in the gym at 3 a.m. and he takes an entire gym with him across the world. Like he literally has his iron paradise shipped to him in yeah. every country because it's that important for him to have that sort of mental release that therapy the iron therapy which is what i call it that helps him then become better at everything else he does in his day i mean do you know any statistics behind weightlifting or resistance training as it relates to stress reduction and ability to perform at higher levels i mean i think those exist i don't know the necessary stats yeah i don't know i don't know i mean i just intuitively i i, I would think it makes sense i mean i i've always used weight training as kind of a stress reliever. Right. Um, I would say these last couple of years have definitely been more of a struggle because of the access people have to anybody like just like, it's tough to just shut your phone off or shut your day okay. down or whatever, where it used to be very easy. And, and it used to just, you know, I think the, the busier you get, the more busy and successful maybe don't relate to each other, but just the more that you have going on, especially as an entrepreneur, the, the less, time you have to have people not really try to bother you, I guess. And, and so it's tough to get that level that maybe we used to have like pre 
cell phones pre, you know, multiple internet or multiple uh, email addresses, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, but I think that overall, it just, it just gives somebody an outlet that is, is probably a little bit better than maybe going out and having a couple beers or, you know, whatever is that stress relief. I mean, I, I people can argue if, if, you know, weight training to the level of maybe what you and I do or people that are, you know, that, that might be another yeah, form for of sure. mild, mild addiction or, or something like that. But it's, uh, you know, it, it, whatever that releases. And I, I just intuitively, it makes sense. And I think the example on the rock, maybe is a little bit, he's very, I mean, as an actor, as a Absolutely. you know front person, I mean, he has to look a certain part. So there's an aspect of like his job relates to, to doing that where, you know, if we talk about, you know, Warren Buffett or, or Bill Gates or, you know, Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or, you know, even the, the president, Donald Trump. I mean, like even I mean, guess Trump's always on TV as well. And, and he's kind of the opposite where it's like he's. Again, I don't know if he works out at all. It doesn't look like it. Uh, maybe in his earlier days, he, he, he put down some time in the gym. Sure. But uh, he, he's all about I mean, again, he he's like self-proclaimed love for McDonald's. He like loves he he talks about how cleanly mcdonald's is mm. he just he's like a mcdonald's lover i think like his what i remember is that his his meal there is pretty insane i don't know if you do you know his his go-to meal right no idea no <laughs> idea i don't i'll be full candid so, i try to not talk or hear about anything from that so, guy. I, so <laughs> I don't want like obviously we're talking about trump and i don't want anybody to think like this is political trust me we're yeah. never going to be going in that direction but i think it's just it's top you know it's this is important to the topic here so his his go-to meal is he gets two Big Macs, two fillet of fish, which Ugh. that's got to be the lowest thing you could get there. I don't I don't know. Like, you get <laughs> the, the fillet of the fish. That, that's <laughs> terrible. And he gets a uh, I think like a chocolate shake or something. I think it's like 2,500 calories. That's like his go-to, and he just like like people have said he just mouths it down, like no like just so quick. Mm. And this is like and I don't know if you saw like when like the national champions go there oh, for like any yeah. of the teams, like he gets them fast food spreads. Like that's what he gets them. Like these kids are like pumped. To go. I mean, and obviously they're just pumped to go to the white house in general. That's just an experience that you're never going to sure. forget. I don't care who's the president, what your belief is. None of us are going to be able to have a meal with Donald Trump and maybe able to talk to him or any president that's sitting at that time. Not many of us are going to be able to do that, but you know, you get that, you get excited, but then he serves you McDonald's or Burger King or, or something like that. It's just, it's just kind of comical. And then where, people, I mean, then the media outlets were like, were, were shocked by it. It was covered it on just, everything. It's just so funny. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I talked about it earlier, but we're, if you think about some of these people that maybe are not in the limelight, and I think entrepreneurship's changing. I think people now are more interested in what the entrepreneur their day-to-day -day life is, their, you know, what they're all into, whatever. And I think that the, it seems like the older, I don't want to be this ageism thing, but a lot of the older um, billionaires and things that are on there, like their diets are just terrible, like mm. Bill Gates or even, you know, the late Steve Jobs and stuff like that. They were just really big on just eating these weird um, things that we would not think is, is appropriate or, or something that would a successful person do, especially with the amount of money and the amount of, like they should have their own personal chefs like they cooking do. them some yeah. super optimized like personalized meal like think about all the personalized nutrition stuff that's going on in our space with like supplements and, and just cpg in general like they should be at the forefront of that like they should be having their stuff dialed in by their blood like their external variables like they should be the poster boy 
of those things because they have they have the availability to do it. Like you and I, regardless of what level we are in success right now, we don't have access to that. We we have to try to dial it in based around experience or yeah. you know what we know about our own body, where they have access to just probably 24 hour like monitoring if they wanted to. I mean, Mr. Trump, what do you want for dinner tonight? Says his personal chef. I'll take yeah. two Big Macs, two filet of fish, and a chocolate. What? Okay, so my question then, I would love to be able to find out then, do they eat this way because it's their way of coping with stress? Because everybody knows when you eat food, like there's food addictions because it helps, that's the way people cope with stress, and it releases dopamine levels within the body, which makes you feel happy and feel better and relieve that stress. Like, is it a form of stress reduction, or is it because they actually just like to eat that stuff? And, like, that's what they do. I mean, that would be, like, these are some super interesting topics and, and conversations I wish we could have with so many success, successful people. Because for me as an entrepreneur, granted, I am not on the level of Warren Buffett. Never, I, I, I don't think I ever will be. I would love to. But, like, I, I make it a priority because, A, my business is fitness-related. So, obviously, I have to look the part. But even before I did this, so my personal story is I used to be a chubby little bastard. Like, I was. And I was miserable. I uh, was mentally exhausting. And, like, I had confidence because I knew I was book smart and I was smart and I could do well at my job. But I'll tell you, when I got in shape and I started changing my eating habits, my earnings, my advancement, like, skyrocketed so much quicker because I felt better about myself. I had more confidence in my work. Obviously, the MBA helped, too, but it just changed who I was as a person. So it had a direct correlation to my mental alertness and my, like, my, my cognitive abilities as a person because I felt better, therefore allowing me to go out and get anything that I wanted, and I have. So that's my personal story is, like, it's going to validate, I guess, my assumption that diet, nutrition, and fitness does lead to overall success when it comes to earnings with several outliers like your Warren Buffetts, like your Donald Trumps. But I want to ask you, Josh, like in the scheme of things, if you, if you look at the, say we look at the Fortune 200, the top 200, out of those, like what percentage of those CEOs do you think would openly admit that they work out and that they try to follow a fairly decent diet? Like just gut instinct. I mean, I would have to say it's probably under 50%. You think like so? I, I, wow. I think, I mean, and I, and I think that depends on what they define as maybe physical fitness and stuff. Maybe these guys are into different, or guys or girls are into different things that we wouldn't consider. Like, I think hitting the actual gym and, like, weightlifting, I think, would be sure. probably. And I think it also goes into, like, there's probably also an age part of that where, like, Fortune 200, I think, you, it's time in, it's time in, you know, like, the amount of money you make generally is dictated by how long you've been making money. So it's like a lot of those guys are a little bit older, so maybe they're not putting in the time, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it'd be super interesting. I, I'm sure there might be, and if any of our listeners like know this or have any insight on this, like I'd love to hear it because I think I, I'd love to hear their opinion as well. Like I would love for them to comment on, on the video or the podcast and like share with us what you think, what's your gut instinct? Like those who in, whether it's fortune 200 or even just in general, the general consensus, like, is it, you have to. You don't have to be physically fit to make money, but does it help? I think is the uh, the question. And like, I would say yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, I I fundamentally agree with you. I, I think there's you know there's outliers, there's personal experience, things that maybe you know there's there's so many variables. I think it's just it's tough to isolate. We're not we're not in a vacuum. We're not you know this is the, the Taco Bell that I ate didn't perf make me perform better as much Are as I sure? love. I would love for that to happen because think about I mean. 
I would be buying Taco Bell stock right now to make sure that when everybody realized that it does increase performance, people will be going out there and buying oh, yeah. all kinds of good stuff. For sure. I mean, I, I was mentioning to you earlier, and I'm going to mention it now. Like, there is an equality gap in America between men and women earning earnings. It's, it's just the fact. That I believe last year, um, I think, out of the Fortune 500 companies, there was, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, was there like 24 or only 44 of them were women? Like, I mean, for women CEOs, it was such a small amount. Yeah, I think it's like 5%. Yeah, such so a small amount. And, like, it's, it's, it, there's a gap there. It's, it's closer with people who are younger. Those who are just graduating college, men and women tend to earn very similar incomes coming out of college. But later on in life, when those executive positions open up, men kind of get slotted into them. That's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair. But I'm saying if you also then look at somebody who is physically fit versus somebody who is unattractive, I would – venture to guess that it, the equality gap is similar and that's a bold statement that i'm making that with no factual data behind it but that's just a gut instinct to me that i would say if two people walk into the room with very similar resumes one is attractive and one might not be so attractive i would say the person who's attractive is getting that job and i'm not saying that's fair or unfair but i think that's just the way it is and it's it can go back to like men and women. It's not fair that men get slotted into these executive roles and that they make more than women. It's not saying that they're, they're more incapable than a woman to do that job. Just like somebody who's physically fit, that's not saying they're more capable than somebody who's unattractive, but the way our society works and the, and the perception that we have of people who are physically attractive, it overshadows some of our decision-making sometimes, and they get slotted into those roles, and I, that's, that's my personal belief. I feel like if you are physically attractive, you're probably going to get a better opportunity down the road than somebody who's not fair or unfair. It's kind of the way it is. So you're, you're, so you're saying like subconsciously yeah. people that have to make the decisions to, you know, advance somebody or, you know, the gatekeepers subconsciously, they're making decisions based around, um, something that maybe doesn't have anything to do with how well that person's going to perform. It's, exactly it's just kind of like, I, I mean, and, and, I, I and, think and it's a bold statement by me. It's very bold, no. but I feel like, the human mind and how we, how we make decisions sometimes, it's flawed. It really is. I mean, you can look yeah. at a lot of things out there that we don't agree with. And I'm not saying in my experience that I was ever given a job or I've ever received a job in front of somebody who should have. Like, I Obviously, I, I'm very confident in what I do, but I, I bet you any money it happens more often than we like to admit. That, so I'll just use this too. Um, my wife works for a medical device company. They purposely hire ex-athletes, NFL athletes, NBA athletes, for their team for two reasons. One, as an athlete, you kind of have that confidence, right? You go into the big game, you have confidence you're going to win it. They want that in their employees. But they're also very attractive because they know that those, those reps who are attractive, A, they can demand attention when they walk into a room with a potential client. They have that confidence to make that sale, and they're just a better representation of that company. They feel, sorry, they feel that they're a better representation of their company being sort of the face of their company. And, and they're, they're not, this is not the only company that hires ex-athletes or physically attractive yeah. people. There's a lot of them out there that do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to maybe even like the type of job or the type, you know, like if it's a front-facing type of uh, employment status, obviously there's probably some, the things that would, you know, wouldn't be the hard facts that we would associate with performance, but just helps you open a door or get you somewhere that you normally wouldn't, you know, right. and that could be both you know, some personality charismatic uh, type of thing, but it could also be a looks perspective. But then, you know, if you think about a totally different maybe thing where like, you know, technology companies with like coders or something like that, where like literally, I don't know if they could care less about that. It's kind of like, right. 
I mean, they're not they're not worried about anything around the looks. It's like how long and how good can you write script <laughs> code to, to to you know to take on these big problems in the world where they could you know nobody's going to really even see you. you're going to be buried in there uh you know with your headphones on your hoodie uh up and you're not even going to be worried so i don't know i mean i think it probably depends a lot on you know the type of company like the type of job the t there's a lot of those types of things but i mean but i but I, to your point i mean i i don't i don't necessarily disagree because of your point around just like how the brain works i think it's like everybody i don't think anybody understands how it goes a lot of times you just you have a way that your brain consciously maybe makes quick decisions and then like it's based around some slower second system or what you know whatever that is it's kind of like there's a lot of things going on where we instinctively make decisions but we don't really know how that came because it's either sequence you know understanding or, or something so I, I don't know. I mean, I think that if you had a really good experience once with an attractive, you know, guy that was a sales rep or a girl with a sales rep, you're gonna maybe be more apt to do it again right. because you had experience with that person doing well in a previous um, employer or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know. There's so many things that probably go in, in line with it, but um, but I think some of the some of the lines that you're trying to draw, I I don't necessarily disagree i think there, there are definitely some leaps oh, yeah, for sure. um, i don't know if they're you know i mean we're not we're obviously not trying to support any of this with with data because that's it's not the point of this podcast just two guys uh you know shooting the shit a little bit but it's it hopefully it gets people to think a little bit i don't know i mean i, I it made me think i mean mm -hmm. i i'm trying to process this as we're talking because i'm like it seems like that maybe is true or not and i'm going back to some of my you know prior experience in companies and things when I worked in corporate jobs. And it's like, you look at maybe certain people or certain, you know, it's like, I, mean, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. And that, I don't know. It's, it, it, some people maybe smarter than us, maybe have some data behind that or something that can. Oh, for sure. And there's you know. been, like I said, there's been studies done. They've been, I don't believe in America. They've, I think Netherlands has a really good study where they follow people, I think for like 20 years. And it showed those <laughs> physically attractive people end up making more money over the course of their career than those who, perceive themselves as not being as, as attractive. And I think about it this way. Like, think of speed dating in corporate America. Like, if you sit down and you have 10 interviews that day, and the, a lot of times, unless there's something that jumps off that resume, but if all those resumes and all those stories are very similar, what's the thing that that hiring manager is going to remember at the end of the day? Probably who the prettiest one was. I mean, it's just, you know, like, what's, what's, who's the one that looked or was the biggest? Or was there something about their physical appearance that stood out that they were a fan of? They might be the one that's, like, uh, first of mind to that hiring manager and not necessarily a, a, a resume jumping fact either. I, I mean, like you mentioned, our brains work subconsciously and consciously in weird ways. It's how we're wired. We, as human beings, are attracted to other attractive people. That's what we try. We try to get, you know, typically when we marry somebody, we marry somebody we're attracted to. And I think, like, in corporate America, in, in the real world, the same thing happens. You not, might not be, you're not marrying the person legally, but you're marrying that person within the corporation uh, and and I, like I said, I just feel everything that I've read and experienced seems like that's the case. So leap, leap, yes. Yes, it's a leap. And there's data out there. And like I said, I would love, 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 love to hear what our listeners think and the people watching this video because, listen, I'm, I, I want to be wrong. Like, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that there's factual data out there that does not support the, my way of thinking, and I'm okay with that because – I don't necessarily think it's fair that the most attractive person gets the job. I think the most qualified should, but I don't think it always happens. And I think that there's just a 
a preference. We'll say that. A preference given right off the bat to that person who happens to look the part because people have perceptions of that person in a certain way. Now, watch. We're, we're, we're in episode one, and I feel like you're already going to start getting hate mail. Good. It's going to be straight up. It's going to be the maybe the BBWs or something. Somebody's going to hit you up. pig, bro. Somebody's going to hit you up and say that you think that uh, being fit makes somebody attractive, and because they're attractive, they have a better performance in their in their oh, job. Oh, trust me. I've so. seen a lot of a lot of fit people who are unattractive. Okay, let me you're clarify get... that. Just because you're physically fit does not mean you're good looking. But in general, so yeah, I mean. By all means, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm an idiot. That's totally fine. Uh, again, I don't. If I'm hiring somebody for my own company, I'm hoping I'm hoping that I hire somebody based on qualifications. And my subconscious mind doesn't say that person's attractive. Give them the nod. Like that's not how I'm going to grow my business. But if the person happens to be attractive and they're the most qualified for the job, then you bet your ass I'm going to give them the job because it's going to take me to the next level. I just don't know if that's the case 100 percent of the time. So, I get. I mean, do you have any other takeaway thoughts on this one, Josh? No, I mean, I think we, we hit a bunch of different areas that I think are at least going to entertain some people, make them think a little bit. I, uh, you know, going in, I think we both fundamentally agree that because the lifestyle we live, right, we know that it has helped us in some way, even though we might have short periods of time where maybe we were able to overcome it or, you know, some outliers in, in business have been able to to realize that that doesn't. Right. Uh, you know, matter that much. And, and to your point, it might have been even to something like uh, they don't want to make any decisions during the day like that are, you know, just little decisions that they don't think matter that much. You know, yeah. like it, what they need to eat shouldn't matter. They're worried about solving big problems or whatever. So it's, you know, I think those um, th- there's there's two sides to this. I don't think there's a right answer to it. I think that uh, if I was a betting man and, and you're trying to you know get that 52% to 48 and try to make sure you can make money in Vegas, like I would, I would work out. I would, I would bet on the working out guy or girl because I feel like there's just some attributes that maybe subconsciously or consciously are going to help them. Or it's just an aspect of just maybe helping them stay healthier longer, have more stamina longer to work longer. I don't know what uh, all the kind of variables would, would go into it, but I think if I was going to bet on something, I'd bet on that side. Yeah. Listen, we, we toss a lot of things here, opinion-based things. There's, there's two facts in this podcast that you guys can take away from this. Fact number one, Warren Buffett is rich as fuck. That guy's got a lot of money. Fact two, nobody is cooler in the world than Rocky Maivia, the rock. He is the coolest man of all time. Uh, guys and girls, we appreciate you tuning in, listening, viewing us. And again, drop comments. Let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you think of the topic at Conversation here because, again, can go either way, and we're super interested, and we will do absolutely our best to make sure that we respond and address every comment as possible. We appreciate you guys listening. Check us out. We are on several different platforms. We are on uh, Facebook. We have an Instagram account too, don't we, Josh, and a Twitter account that will be we're, up yeah, we're, soon. We're if working not on really. all that stuff, so, yeah, yeah I think we'll, we'll make sure we link everybody when we got those things established. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's, called, it's two guys, one shaker cup. Drop us a review. It helps out the algorithm on iTunes. We'll be on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, literally every podcast platform there is, and we'll be uh, on social and YouTube as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, Josh Shaw looking fine as ever, which is why he makes so much money, and myself. <laughs>
subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.